Uh, these protesters were angry uh, because they had lost money in the peer-to-peer -peer lending industry. This industry matches regular investors who have a little money to spend with ordinary people. Directly to borrowers on the internet for a higher interest rate. Now, you do have to note it is riskier and you're relying on those borrowers to pay back the money that you've loaned to them. Hello and welcome to Real Talk with Terry and the team, our new podcast series brought to you by Terry Bell, chairman of debt strategist firm Bell & Company and foreign property debt specialist EU Property Solutions. Terry is known for his straight-talking and no-nonsense approach, so if you want real and current business talk, you've come to the right place. Come on, how are you, Well, I'm good, how are you? Yeah, where are you in London or? Uh, well, Hertfordshire, sort of Boreham oh, Wood. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Good, 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 good. We've got a couple of clients in Bishop's Stafford there. So. Oh, lovely. Oh, I mean, out in the country, they were nice places. How are you finding things good? Generally okay? Yeah, it was a bit. Um... I was a bit worried for the first when everything started kicking off, but then work-wise, it's just been manic. I guess because my patch is like business and personal finances, so yeah, it's just crazy at the moment. Great, that was the word I was going to use. Crazy, crazy. We, yeah. we were just talking with some guys, yeah. uh, and I, I said I don't think they understand how much is actually unfortunately going to come through here. It's going to be a fair, fair, fair wave of stuff. Fair wave. Yeah. So, but we'll see, see how it pans out. Hopefully, it's not as bad as. I mean, it's not as bad as the depression. I'm going to take a hit and just run to where it is. But it's just the day-to-day -day sort of news feed is a bit uh, debilitating, isn't it, to say the least? Exactly. And do, you, do, do you work freelance, Mark? Are you freelance? Yes, or uh, yeah. You... So, yeah, that was the main worry, that all my kind of regular stuff would stop. But if anything, you need having actual news at the moment is more important than ever to yeah. combat all the fake news stuff. So, There's yeah. plenty of that, isn't there? There's a lot of fake news. Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, there's a the, the, the terrible thing we're doing as well with the mental health backdrop is how we're managing to talk ourselves into these issues. You know, oh, yeah. uh, it's uh, and there was somebody the other day if, if you could just get rid of it, they didn't say just get rid of it, it's actually a lot stronger language. If they could just all go away just for a week, yeah, it would be a different place. I'm, I'm a general of a certain age and I've not long been on Twitter, but I can't believe the vitriol and the the, the nastiness. Phenomenal, yeah. You know, if you were in a bar having a drink, you wouldn't sort of stroll at someone and say you're a tramp, but you know, you know, you'd end up, uh, you know, end up in trouble. But it's yeah. just get royally abused. So, what other publications do you work on, Mark? So, I do peer to peer finance news. I do some stuff for an estate agent trade website called Property Industry I. Correct. And then I'm just generally pitching into the Times, the Mail, um, right, Business Insider. I do quite a bit for. Very good. Uh, yeah, a good mix. With what does Bell and Company do? Okay, we work under the title of uh, rather uh, grand title debt strategist, but it's what we do. So essentially, uh, we find every case is different. There are different precedents and methods you can use in in cases, but every case is different. Uh, so we develop a strategy specific to that client's requirements or issues, and then we implement it. And we'll work from bankruptcy through to multi-million pound debt. Uh, and we set ourselves up in Northern Ireland on the back of the last crash, totally in a, a haphazard way that we developed now where we've got a team where we work on European properties, any, any, any debt essentially. There's in, it's, a group of, uh, it's a group of 22 employees and uh, 
So main base is Belfast, office in Leeds, and an outpost in Spain. That's thankfully up. Any debt. So you're 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 working on the borrower side rather than the um, person chasing the debt. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. We do we do get on with. Uh, so for instance, in Spain at the minute, we've been asked to uh, help a couple of major banks there. They've still got the legacy debt of the 2008 crash, and the negative equity was huge and uh, massive mis-selling. Same in Cyprus, uh, but the two banks we work with there. But that's purely on a bit of an advisory thing, just to get so to get their heads on how it works here, here in, in uh, the UK. But yeah, on, on the side of the debtor as opposed to the creditor. What's what's the sort of um, regulation on, the, on that this side of thing? What what do you need to be able to set up as a debt strategy? Well, we're, we're FDA regulated. That's our requirement there. And then, it, uh, other than that, uh, we're between a couple of stools. So by uh, by trade, I'm an accountant. Okay, yeah. I'm a very good accountant. This is this is what I specialise in the, in the, the strategy there, doing that. Then we need uh, we need legal input very often. We try to avoid litigation if we can. The world's a bit too litigious. Litigious, sorry. I think it's going to become more and more so, unfortunately, in the short term. But you're trying to avoid that if you can. Sometimes it's necessary, and cases can go on for years with cases that take eight years to resolve. But we we have the stamina to see that through. But essentially, we're financial acumen. We're trained in what we do. Uh, it, it is a particular niche that we do. We're not in subject practitioners. Never before. So what, what's the difference between an insolvency practitioner and a debt strategist? Insolvency practitioners are appointed typically by the court. They're called appointees. Usually when they're looking at liquidations, IVAs, CBAs and the like, there's an element of legals in there and it's a formal statute-led process to, to get settlements in whatever form they come. They're pretty rigid in their approach. And if you, so, for instance, if... Uh, possibly the biggest IBA company there. If you don't meet their criteria, which are fairly simplistic, they don't want you as a client. It's a lot of it's process-led. Ours is more, we're looking at every facet of somebody's position, not the fact that they may have a property that's gone wrong, they may have credit cards and a tax man. We look at the whole, the whole, as it were. And so practitioners have a role, for sure, but they're fairly, fairly fixed with what they've done. And so tell me a bit about the work you do in the peer-to-peer lending sector? Well, peer-to-peer sort of come in slowly on stream. Obviously, the market's still fairly young in, in that sort of sense, maybe sort of four or five years old. And what we're starting to find now, even before the uh, COVID-19 outbreak, was is we're starting to get uh, some things coming onto the radar in terms of uh, peer-to-peer lending. Uh, and uh, typically uh, SMEs, Peer-to-peer did the excellent job of filling the gap when all the, the big four essentially high street banks uh, hid after the last crash. They filled a good gap, but obviously as uh, a product, uh, as you call it, peer-to-peer lending, whatever form it takes, as that's evolved, then the problems start to come out and that, that's where we get. Obviously now, unfortunately, with COVID-19, that's going to exacerbate those problems and that's what we're Tell me a bit about the problems that you think have started coming out. Well, you've got the, the ability to, the, obviously, the ability to service any debt. With reason, if you, well, in, in every, if you have the ability to service any debt you've got there, that doesn't become a problem. Obviously, most businesses have faced uh, an incredible crash in terms of their cash flow. Um, you know, the, the restaurants that are like, it's a real easy, a real easy uh, sector to look at. 
And if they haven't got the ability to pay, or we're struggling up to that point, because I don't think the economy was that great pro, pro, uh, pre-COVID-19. Bad interest rates as low as they've been, but still uh, the economy is sort of uh, spluttering along as it were. So it um, it wasn't great, and that's why we were starting to get the inquiries. COVID nineteen is they going to make that uh, a whole lot worse. Why do you think the economy wasn't so great before? Um, I, th- I think it was flatline. If you look, if you look at the interest rates were record low, inflation was where it was. The world was essentially uh, a wash with cash, but it still could. I don't, I don't think it ever properly recovered from the two thousand eight crisis. Um, and that, that's unfortunately been proven. There's been there've been certain industries have done well, uh, etc. But there's been uh, there was still a hell of a I use the word a legacy quite a bit. There's a hell of a legacy from 2008. Even the, even the bank themselves. We deal uh, a lot in Ireland, obviously being based in Belfast. And when you see the Ulster Bank, really only last year got their act together. Most of the major banks did. Look at the, the UK banks, and I say they slightly hit after it. They they were the guys throwing the money around trying to get the SMEs uh, going. So the backdrop wasn't good. I think it's taken out of said, a long while to recover from that. Yeah, that is interesting when you think that businesses must be quite vulnerable. I mean, obviously, it's tough times, but you must be quite vulnerable if your income is hit. And all of it, yeah, and what, and what am I trying to say? So it seems to be businesses that immediately said they were going to be in trouble, but it just seems weird that you wouldn't be prepared for at least two or three months of difficulty anyway. Absolutely. I don't know the stats, but I know it's more than 50%. Most businesses don't have three months uh, reserves of such. And then you see how it's hitting industries across the board. So I, I, we've spoken to a couple of legal firms, and they're, they're kind of struggling. You know, you think, you think uh, good good at steady professions should be okay but, but the, the world the world's changed amazingly you've also got the likes i was listening to willie walsh the other night and uh, he was saying when you've got a cash burn as they have at the moment of 20 million a day that quickly tops up somebody was saying you've got one and a half billion pounds of reserves in your last set of accounts if that's the last set of accounts three months of getting nothing in and a 20 million pound cash burn quickly get to it and every business faces that there's no the word i don't like the word journey i don't like the word unprecedented but this is just completely new, completely so what what sort of trends are you seeing from the peer-to-peer lending sector in terms of i guess lending that's been going wrong or the issues that are coming out it's the it's the uh the peer-to-peer of certain certain criteria work. So obviously, not to teaching you you or your anybody that's listening, it's the the, uh, the how it works. But there's the set formulas and set platforms. You meet the criteria. The underwriting goes through. It goes through. That's okay when everything's going swimmingly. There's the reliance in most instances on PGs if required. If it's limited company, if it's a sole trader, if they're exposed. Into, I think the model was uh, starting to struggle because obviously uh, you've got the uh, cash inflow from investors or wherever. And so it's coming under pressure for support. I think there are remedies. I think they, they need to get to the government and they need to rewrite the books of the governments because I think that's the, uh, the government are making, I think, half decent efforts in terms of what they've done with furlough, bibbles, and civils. But I think the peer to peer market needs a lot of support. And a lot of these loans mark are a maximum five years long. Some of them are quite meaty amount. Whereas typically, you would have gone to a conventional bank and made it with a 10, 15 year payment profile. 
What, what specific support do you think peer to peer lending needs? I, I think they've got to go to the government. I know, I know, for instance, a couple of them have got themselves onto the panels for the people's loans, especially. Yeah. And I, I think they need to go there and say, look, we, we're going to need to do, if, if, we, if you're giving, if you're getting uh, people's loans and you've got a year's grace and you've got a very low interest rate and everything, that's the sort of thing that's going to help. Obviously, the, the platforms are writing these loans subject to the risk. So we've seen some rates where it's 18%, we've seen, the, uh, you know, four or 5%, which is okay. But 18% sustainable coming forward is going to be pretty ugly. And again, it's that it's that large repayment uh, profile with the, with the shorter term loans. So, to my mind, I, 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 I only just when I was thinking about the other day, I think the peer to peer loans need to appeal to the government, come and help us with our loan board so we can extend this out, and make sure this works exactly. Because I think at the moment we're all very we're all still um, coming out and coming out the cave and seeing what it's going to be like in the daylight. Yeah. Uh, legal friends are really there to attack everybody. I think it's going to turn pretty ugly at the end of this year, beginning of next year. And people need to, need to take a view here because it doesn't always get their money back just going, going legal. It's been the only number of cases that we deal with. Um, but what are you saying the government should help peer lenders refinance their loan because they, or to turn existing loans into C-bills or... Bounce back. I, I think they should be looking at that. Yes, definitely. Because if you if you've got a loan book that works in a certain uh, economy, that's okay. And we were starting to see a couple of things going wrong in there. That's maybe. This is a completely, as, we, as you know far better than I. This is a completely different. You know, you, you can't going back to BA. You know, when you've got huge organisations have to put their hands up. Yeah, there's a lot, lot, and the, the SME uh, economy, if you like basically fuels much of what goes on in terms of the economy, the tax receipts and everything else. So, I, I, you know, and there's, there's plenty, there would appear to be plenty of cash. Rishi, uh, Rishi's got a photocopy on there, he's smashing the cash out. Yeah. And I think the appear to be, don't want to be too quiet with it, they want to be getting the handouts and going, we need to support businesses here, you know, otherwise it's just going to be going to carnage up. Okay. Okay. Um. So, is there what sort of what are the key mistakes that you that you think peer, that you're seeing from peer to peer loan due diligence? Some of the, a, a lot of the early cases we're finding the, the due diligence wasn't as strong as it should be, um, and it was nearly that um, it was they had the ability to shovel the money out the door, and it was more that they were brokers rather than lenders. And I think that will come back to, to bite. I think they've got to look at, um, I think they, we've got to look at the mix of peer-to-peer lenders as well, because there's any number of lenders there, any number of uh, uh, asset we get to this asset finance, there's tax requirements. I, I, think they, they, I think they need to revisit all of their due diligence and understand it, which is a huge task, but we, we're getting stuff, especially when there's the, that massive reliance on personal character. We were with uh, a very uh, well-established, respected accountancy firm, insolvency firm, and they're doing a bit of work on one of the guy, on one of their peer-to-peer platforms, and they're saying the due diligence stuff going through is pretty shocking. It's not too late. Revisit it, but there's got to be the dialogue. One of the things, one of the questions we may come up with is, is what advice you would give to a borrower? Get your affairs in order. This is a two-way street. Peer-to-peer lender, get your affairs in order. If you're looking at Bill Smith's um, asset and liability statement now, 
how your business has gone down the tubes. Don't just rely on the PG. Make sure you do a bit of due diligence. Discount properties, of course, is going to be a bit of a you know, market there. So they, they need to go and review some of their own work. So, I mean, you, how often are you seeing cases where the borrower ends up not having to repay or ends up with a, I don't know, ends up not being in the wrong or not, not defaulting? Sorry, Mark, what do you mean by that? Sorry. I mean, well, I guess that's not really the right question. What, I mean, what sort of outcomes are you getting for borrowers who are being chased? It's very early days because they're only coming through, through, through into our cycle at the minute. At, at the moment, it's, uh, I think that peer-to-peer, -peer, they're going straight for litigation. If you don't adhere to what they want to do, so some, some, some firms want their position secure, okay, with sometimes technically isn't correct. I don't think it's necessarily the, the uh, ability to look in the, going back to that bit of due diligence, reassessing their position before just steaming into litigation. Hmm. Not a great lover of the legal profession, but sometimes when they get a grip of the case, the agenda changes, I think it's about to say. And suddenly it becomes about, they've got carriage of the case, up go the fees and away we go. So it's, uh, it, it, I think they, they need that, 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 that uh, period of reflection. Not, not in a, you know, what have you done here, guys? It's more, see what you actually have got. We're telling clients, make sure you know what you've got or not got. Make sure you know your financials are up to speed and everything else. And I think the same used to apply here. They need to go back and check the cases a bit more thoroughly. I don't think they would have geared up for, geared up for issues. They would have had a sinister in the background. If this go, forget any cases go wrong, go, go get them. Not necessarily the best route. Yet. So... Are you seeing an increase in, I mean, back, no, but I'll ask that in a minute. What about, because a lot of going for forbearance and things, are you, so are you, push, are you pushing back for payment breaks or what's the sort of strategy? Any, any, any which way, but, it, but each and every lender is different and they change their criteria quite regularly. Okay, yeah. so when the FDA came down on that everyone has sort of behaved for a year, right? Okay, we're all okay, we're calmed down. Then suddenly it's going, right, if you don't make a certain level of the payment, we want to charge on your house. That's only going one way. Technically and legally, that may be wrong if there are other creditors, but they're going for that because they're trying to prefer their position. And when it when it comes to it, and it, 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 it's, it's making sure they understand the implications of every case because um, if they prefer their position, and that gets unraveled. It's going to cost them more time, uh, management time, business time, etc. And they may have to repay it. They, they, they're not quite thinking that right through. What, what do you mean about their position unraveling? Like what, what's well, if, if, if you go for a charge in a house and it's, it was it was eventually construed by say, and say that person goes bankrupt or insolvent, whatever form, and then that case is reviewed by a trustee in bankruptcy, they can say, "Hang on a minute, you you did that, you took that course of action because uh, because you want to prefer your position." Okay, I'm going to unravel that transaction and get us back to let all the creditors get a fair go on whatever asset is on, on offer. I'll be a little bit harsh and say, I'm not sure that the, the, these cases have technically thought through what you're trying to get to. That is what we do. We look at the whole, it's very hard. If you've got a platform banging it, banging the money out and processing it, meeting all the criteria that's set up on whatever the process is, that's great. But now it needs a, a sort of bit of human interaction in a human view. Because it, 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 it just 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 tearing straight into litigation, which I fear for the next uh, uh, six to twelve months will be the case. We'll start getting back into. At the moment, they can't do that anyway, can they? 
No, they, well, they, they can and they can't. Okay, the, the court process goes on. So the, the courts are around, by the way. We had an incident the other day where we were trying to do something with the bulk, the bulk centre in Northampton, and the fee can't be paid for 20 days because obviously there's a few people out, but they just think they're going to be on that. And it's that it's almost. I think there's going to be a bit of a honeymoon period. It's a bit like at the moment, uh, or just prior to uh, Rishi's involvement again. Uh, landlords were doing the thing, just finding out statutory demand in terms of rent that wasn't being paid in the last quarter. Hmm. Uh, obviously, you put a stop to that, but that, that's, that's a honeymoon period. It's a bit like the furlough. Once it starts coming off, then unfortunately, the bad news can start in a year's time when the bills aren't going to get paid, the bounce back loads aren't going to get paid, and the problems then, and the civils get further down. So, it, 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 unfortunately, it's coming, but it's trying to get itself positioned right. Both sides are better. So, what, what is your typical advice to borrowers who are getting into trouble with their P2P loans? We, we, we're doing we're taking a, a, a two-pronged attack we just developed it since uh since COVID-19 what we're saying is right give, give us if you like all your problems and you in the new environment if you like then it's a case of trying to make sure so if you think that business uh is uh valid like you said there going forward that's fine work out what you can and can't do here then come back and we can give you the advice accordingly if your business isn't valid so say it's a wedding venue you suggest you haven't got any income for at least a year, here. Mm. Uh, but you've got uh, you've got a dollar for debt here. So it's then trying to work that out. But but uh, keep, keep going on, and it's not because I'm uh, an accountant by training. But no, no, know your position. So it's amazing how many people don't know where they are in terms of finances. Then what's what are the solutions that you sort of come back with? It depends on the mix of the, the mix of the thing. We had one the other day. Somebody came to us and they had uh, basically, I think it was six or seven uh, peer-to-peer lenders, different ones. Okay, uh, so we keep it on theme. And then they had the factor of uh, HMRC in the background as well. Now, our advice to them, which sounded pretty, there was a lot more to this. But once we got to it, was. Um, they say they had a couple of hundred grand of borrowing and the man in question had about a hundred grand of equity in his home. Our suggestion was you most likely want to consider personal bankruptcy because then you've only got one problem, not six, seven, eight problems. Because you only need one of those six or seven to break the pack and go into full on litigation and you're struggling anyway. Mm. So it's seeing what the positions you get. Very often people come and say, I can't go bankrupt, can't go bankrupt. Like, okay, you need about 100,000 to get through this. And they go, okay, I'll go bankrupt then. And it's just being able to give people that overall perspective in terms of what you do. If you put a price, that's why I'm saying if you've got your financials right, you put a price on almost, uh, not to be too dramatic, your financial survival. It might be I'll fall on the sword and take my chance in the trustee here further down the track in bankruptcy. What's, are, are, do you, are you helping create debt repayment plans or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we try, we try and work that if, if, if it comes to it. Uh, and again, uh, yeah, we, we always always go to that place first. Again, going back to that thing, if, you, if we take away the, the, the debt issues and try and find a way through it on each and every element of it, so if it's the revenue, as long as we keep everything up to speed going forward, we could pay a bit off in the background there, you do that. If the peer-to-peers will give us six months leeway while the client goes and checks out the validity of their business, absolutely. Okay. If it doesn't work, then we're still there, and we because that's part of the thing we do. It's not right. That's what we do, and we're sticking to that. It'll change as we go down the track each and every day. And how do people know to come to you? Like how do how does a borrower find you? 
we, we, we're pretty strong. We, there's no list in the background, so it's had to get even bigger. We're pretty pretty strong in our marketing in terms of what we do. We're strong in the personal guarantee uh, market, which is our, our, our main forte, if you like. That's why we've got a big difference between some practitioners. But uh, we, we're out there in various forms. And how, how do you make money from all this? Well, we work on a basis typically. We first off, what we always do is, and this is the difference between us and insolvency practice. We always give independent professional insolvency advice. Uh, uh, insolvency practices only have so many products. If we think uh, so, typically we work on a retainer and a success fee on what do we achieve. We never take a case on that we wouldn't have a very good chance on. We can never guarantee anything, but we take a view. The bulk of our fee is in the success side. But if we think, for instance, that gentleman the other week, we could have earned more potentially fighting his six or seven creditors over 18, 12 months, and possibly more, but in terms of where he was as a person, he should, we suggest that he should definitely consider bankruptcy. We would have earned a lot there. So unfortunately, we're an insolvency, so there's always uh, a retainer payable when we, when we start because, strange enough, if people are in trouble, you need a bit of money off them at the beginning. Yeah. As, is that just a tip, is there a typical percentage, or does it just depend on the person? Massively varies. We, we, so and sometimes a fixed fees as well. So, so when we're dealing with multi-minutes, so if we're if we're say settling a hundred grand debt, we might say right, okay, it's going to be ten percent or whatever we can save. If we're dealing with so we've got one at the minute in with a bank in Dublin, there it's about five million. Obviously, we're not going to charge five percent on ten percent on that because we ain't going to get it. Okay. And in terms of peer-to-peer lenders, and are they, do you, are they, I guess there's two questions. Do you think they have been mis-selling loans? And also, do you think they're treating borrowers fairly often when they're chasing them? I, 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 I think there's uh, definitely an element of mis-selling. Not every case, that's for sure. Not every case. And, and a very, in fact, a very small minority because, you know, uh, but unfortunately, as well, when it's such a it's such a frothy market, if you like, standards drop. Uh, certain types of people come in and abuse that, okay? and that's the client, not the bank uh, or the peer to peer lender. And it, when it gets frothy, they're throwing the money around. In terms of being fair to the client, they should be fair and equitable. They should follow FCA regulation. But that side, that, 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 that said, sorry, on the other side of it, you, 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 clients aren't uh, always what they're cracked up to be either. This is, you know, so be fair and equitable. If, uh, but and that's what we say. If you, if somebody comes off something worth a million pounds, go right, I owe a hundred thousand. What do you reckon? What well, do you reckon? Mm-hmm. You might want to. Get checkbook out and write out 100,000 euro. If they're in a bad place and there's uh, there's anomalies, there are issues or whatever, and that wants to be discussed, that, that's when we typically get it wrong. If the client banks are right and they're going down a certain track, we tell them it's no point in getting any debt. Debt, debt is, uh, it, I would say, it's not the sexiest subject of the world, but it's become all consuming. People don't get it right in their head. Yeah. That's not a reference to the mental health uh, yeah. situation generally. It just always is the case. If you, if you have debt problems, business problems, whatever, that's 24 So, Yeah. But in terms of um, loans being inappropriate, is that just because lenders in the past have been too quick to do personal guarantees and just get their money out? Is that is that what you're saying? I think there's an element of that. And, and, and to be honest, there is quite a soft touch to start with. 
Dude, uh, I think it was, I don't know who, I don't remember the guy, the guy at um, Barclay, he said, uh, and he, he, obviously he doesn't like Peter to because they take business from him. Yeah. But what he did say is that uh, he sees some, some of these guys are almost like a Wonga for business. And it there was a weakness on both sides. It was definitely too easy to get it. But going back, if you're being fair, it, we work, we don't work on any moral compass, right? There's two sides of the story. Yeah. Our client shouldn't should have borrowed it. Maybe you shouldn't have lent it. Yeah. And I don't think they've got that yet. Or they think it'd be a weakness. Sure. I mean, do you think the new regulations that have come in have, have improved things in... Well, I guess in the last year or so, because that's very, very much so. Yeah, yeah. A, lot, a lot more stringent lending going on. Um, uh, I think, I think they've had. To, I think they've started to recognise when, as soon as you start thinking, any new business when it when it's flying was great. Okay, but and it's a, a friend once said to me, he had a personal guarantee, joined a personal guarantee, and he said, right, okay. I said, why did you go into that? I said, well, it's a bit like you don't discuss. Uh, I said, why did you go into that? Didn't you discuss about wrong? He said, it's a bit like when you go out a first date, you don't discuss divorce. It's a little bit like the businesses and the business appeared to be great, and they did fill a very important gap. Have to say that again when the when the, uh, when the big four all hit after the 2008 crash. But when it starts to go wrong, they have been learning, they have been improving their standards, I think, uh, in terms of uh, quality level. I guess if a platform only launched. I don't know, in 2012, even 2015, and for five-year loans, now is when a lot of the problems are going to start coming through. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Again, with the COVID-19 backdrop, unfortunately, it brings everybody into play. Okay. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Have you any idea of, of, uh, not across the board, but the size of loan books involved here? in terms of peer-to-peers or what they may have out just well, the context when, you, when you're looking at Rishi for around 62 billion there and yeah. 100 billion there well so you've got the bigger ones like Funding Circle and Zopa they're into the three or four billion pound mark mm-hmm. and then also similarly I guess rate setter are around three or four billion and then others are yeah into the hundreds of millions but this is where it goes back to what I was saying about Richard. So if we go back to the last crash, and it was uh, and it was death by a thousand cuts with RBS, that was about, I think that ended up about seventy billion the bill. Yeah. But the, the, the untold damage that came from that. So what I was saying about earlier in the context, if if, if funding circles about say it's about five billion, hmm. and the, the effect of their loan book going wrong for them, obviously, but also for the number of the number of uh, investors in there, and also. The borrowers, it's something I think that needs possibly uh, looking at in terms of. I, I'm not saying not this is a great idea. I'm just saying, surely with all the money being chucked around, yeah, there's some form of underwriting. Interesting. Okay, you can have that one free. Thank you. Um, <laughs> great. That's probably most of what I need. That was very interesting. You've been listening to Real Talk with Terry and the team. If you'd like to hear more, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and stay updated with our latest episodes.